0: Well, uh, I do feel that this uh, 13th, even though it is the 13th festival, has proved to be probably the most successful to date, both in the way of um, critical reaction, public reaction, and professional reaction. And uh, as far as attendance at shows is concerned, we estimate that uh, we have achieved uh, an 86% uh, Seat occupancy, which is very, very good, particularly in view of the fact that um, our overseas uh, attendance was very adversely affected by the postal strike in England. And of course, we started off our own festival with, with the uh, dubious
1: help of a bus strike. Lyndon Smith, director of the Dublin Theatre Festival, and as of last night, reasonably happy man. It was, of course, in the high Dublin tradition that the festival should have been launched in the throes of a bus strike. One can only express surprise that the lads with the pneumatic drills were indebted too, preferably outside the Gaiety Theatre, where on Monday week last, Conor Cruz O'Brien's Murderous Angels had its uh, premiere, and not its world premiere, of course. It's already been seen in America and in Germany. It's Irish premiere. And this was no... Uh, mere imitation of previous productions uh, producer Lawrence Bourne is very much his own man and uh, the author is on record as disagreeing quite sharply with him about one of the many cuts he made in the text not just the published text but O'Brien's own revised text however for our money uh, what we saw and what we heard were in the gate he was what counted and for my money it worked This was a political play, a play of high argument, which was something more. The characters were by no means lay figures. They were fully flesh and blood creations about whom we cared. I liked the production. I didn't go overboard about the acting, uh, but there were, I think, two very fine performances. Rachel Herbert as Lumumba's secretary and mistress, and Outstandingly. Norman Beaton as Lumumba himself. I asked him how, as a black artist, he enjoyed playing this part.
2: Very much indeed. Lumumba is one of my heroes, and he's one of the few uh, people, or one of the few plays that I've read about any person that I wanted to play. And did you feel here that you
1: weren't just getting the politician, but that there was the whole man was involved in this? Uh,
2: Not entirely. I felt I had a lot of the man and less of the politician. In, this is the, 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 the truth about Lumumba, um, in, 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 in this play anyway, but I enjoy doing it anyway because um, a number of facets of his character which were very essential to the man that caused the breakup of the Congo, like his megalomania, his, his, his kind of Cassius Clay e- egotism, these things, in fact, um, came out in Connor's play, and I, I, I enjoy doing that. I believe uh, you,
1: of course, you're. And we know you as a composer as well as an actor. You've you've written a, a musical about one kind of black power.
2: Yes, um, I've 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 tried to write about the London black power scene, and um, it's a rather interesting one. What do you call it? Michael B. Uh, when do you think it's going to be well, staged? I'm hoping that it would um, go on in at the Old Vic sometime in the summer. Well, I hope we see it in Dublin. Well, I hope so, too. I'd like to do
1: that. Also on Monday week last, in the Olympia, the world premiere of Ah, Well, It Won't Be Long Now by Mary Manning. Raymond Gallagher reports.
3: Well, this was for us a very old-fashioned kind, old but not particularly beautiful. The thinnest of plots centres around missing papers, capital letters, the location of which could be guessed by an infant child within ten minutes of the start of the play. Good, clean fun, but no substance. Even by way of farce, from someone of Mary Manning's reputation. My Lord Shea plays a 90 year old Irish man of letters.
1: He has them rolling in the aisles. Well of course uh, Milo can always get them rolling in the aisles. Now over to the Damer where there was also a, uh, not a premiere I regret to say. In fact we were all rather disappointed that the Damer didn't give a new play in Irish. Plays in Irish have been somewhat the Cinderella of the festival although uh, there was of course the outstanding exception of An by Moret Ní Gráða which was the succès Steam of one festival I think. Uh, here we got simply uh, an, a new production of not even a an original play in Irish a translation on xuish in naise which limo uh, brin translated from the italian of diego fabri a short report on this we won't discuss the play just a report on the production from lim o lonergan
4: camio we ento co hemas atuma tahn creo geredin neelin caracter crein of randan of fallo agus an chaspont as an of a warchin o jiran she need no clevni a hog misheliam on demer mac nirevlorit le strógraon dramat nó ladrán ón léir a mheagar wen Sean O'Brien, oruclí caingeacht a hehir wan in fós a liatharíse i giará, le tarraí agus an a bhí robiog a García Crón na Courchú chlé an ordain, sa chuid gur agaibh drama, den and in the past, there is no one who is not. There is no one who is not. In the past, there is a drama. There er si is no one who is not. There is no one who is not. drama no one who is not. There is no one who is not. There is no Over the years,
1: I am, and much as this might surprise Brendan Smith, I am grateful to the Dublin Theatre Festival because they have provided me with what I can truly, uh, and without any hint of cliché, call memorable theatrical experiences. One of these a couple of years ago, the Black Theatre from Prague, and again, from the same... Theatrical stable, the uh, state uh, studio, th- the state's theatre studio of Czechoslovakia, there came the uh, Pantomima Alfreda Jariho, uh, a mime group. Uh, they did, uh, there were two things here there was a one man show and there was a three man show. These were in the Ablana uh, uh, in the first week of the uh, festival this year. Mime. Mime isn't everyone's cup of tea. Uh, it can be, frankly, a bore. It can be a highbrow bore or a lowbrow bore. This was b- far from being a bore. Neither was it escapist entertainment. The one-man show in particular, in which um, the artist was Stívar Turba, this one-man show really was, as somebody said, crucifyingly good. Not for your comfort, not for your desire, only the harsh facts of the human condition, uh, out Beckett, although the influence of Beckett very strongly both there and in the other show, in the three man show, where in fact two of the characters are uh, self designated as Clough and Ham. But this isn't just an interpretation of Beckett, it's something I think. Very much of the Czech spirit and tradition, while at the same time with a universal appeal. Uh, I talked a little to the director of the uh, Czech uh, State Theatre Studio, uh, Doctor Vladimir Sabalka.
5: People uh, nowadays, in my opinions, are, are very lonely. And uh, most of our most of our stories, short stories, are trying to say um, the possibility of uh, reaching the other's heart is very very difficult. Whole, Sometimes uh, nearly impossible. The word
1: alienation comes in here somewhere. Is this do, is this a Marxist attitude that you have? Do you feel that that? Um, no, I, I ask you this. I don't mean that you're, that you're following a Marxist line, but, I mean, do you feel that this is something that capitalist society has done to us, or do you think that this is part of the human condition as a whole?
5: I, I mean, uh, it 's uh, something general. It doesn't depend on the system. And uh, we used to say um, we are trying to be humanistic. It doesn't matter... Uh, What's uh, what system you are living in
1: now uh, I did ask you did this mime come from an old tradition in Czechoslovakia and you've said no but surely the attitudes the the making faces at society at, rather at authority the uh, the Radical criticism—all this is very much in the Czech tradition, isn't it?
5: Oh yes, that's that, that's an old tradition. At any at, at any case, so uh, most of your your um, uh, spectators of, of our spectators here knows Chapek uh, or the brave soldier Way. and uh, in a way, our work is very similar to the sense of. This one. It's also, to me, a little bit like the world of Kafka. Well, uh, Kafka is a very difficult theme, you know, and uh, sometimes there are, there are misunderstanding explaining Kafka's work and Kafka's existence at all, especially um, Prague uh, is a little sensitive if we are mentioning Kafka.
1: Well, we all seem to have our sensitivities, even cities. Now, uh, in the Abbey in the first week of the festival, The Devil at Work by Constantine Fitzgibbon. Raymond Gallagher. This
3: is essentially a sophisticated entertainment for unsophisticated people. We are in heaven, where every right minded person should want to be. Archangels are thick upon the ground, camping it up for all their worth in bright nylon wigs. The voice of God is heard. Design me a world and give its people, among other things, free will. There's a lot of bickering and backchat among the hierarchy. Lucifer describes smoking as an infernal habit. Man is designed. The appendix is added. Fun is poked at the female. Adam's rib is, as it were, tickled. Mr Fitzgibbon wrote this play over ten years ago. It is clear that it has been extensively rewritten, Shades of Wild and Shaw, but no matter. He has chipped away at his original for very good reasons, a few
1: good jokes have spawned worse plays. Men die and they are not happy, asserts Caligula in Albert Camus' play based, if that's the word, on Suetonius and performed by the Treto de Paris group in The Peacock in the first week of the festival. The author describes it as a play about the passion for the impossible, a passion which consumed and finally, inevitably, destroyed his young emperor uh, not the least, not the least attractive of his kind, but whom we see as a monstre naissant, uh, like uh, Nero in Racine's Britannicus. Uh, this is a very glittering production, full of glittering performances. But perhaps the most remarkable thing about it is how well it was supported. The 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 packed audiences. Um, the um, production was made possible by the Cultural Department of the French Embassy here. It was all sponsored by the Government of the French Republic. And so presumably it was fin- short against financial loss. But it was a tremendous success in every way. Uh, one hadn't realised that there were that many French-speaking theatre-goers in Dublin. Cogol, náisúanth na Gaeilge. Cólio, na Please, copy. And now to the... Uh, Player Will's Theatre, Soft Morning City, a one-man show with Mary Keane. Raymond Gallagher again. Ever since the world first
3: clasped Ulysses to its bosom, the Muse Dubliners have had to accept the extraordinary fact that its citizens' unique grasp of and assault on the English language is not only intelligible but desirable to literati from all parts of the English-speaking world. Mary Keane, in this selection from Dublin authors, makes every use of the wide range of strictly Dublin accents, but in a spectrum which ranges from the memoirs of the Countess of Fingold to Yeats's Second Coming, there is much more besides. I liked in particular a reading of Austin Clarke's Martha Blake at 51. Arnold Bax, Dennis Johnson, O'Casey, of course, James Plunkett, and Brendan Behan are used. I'm very glad to have heard, Miss Keane, but heard is the operative word. On the wireless or on a, ra- a record, wouldn't the effect
1: be just the same? Now the second week of the festival began with a whole cluster of premieres. I went to the Olympia to see the Patrick Pierce Motel by Hugh Leonard. Uh, and here let me quote the author's own programme note. I owe a tribute and an acknowledgement, he says, to Georges Fedot. The Patrick Pierce Motel owes some of its construction to the principles embodied in the Phaedo farces of more than half a century ago, which established for all time that some matters are too serious to be turned into tragedies. Yes, up to a point. Uh, Frankly, uh, I saw this as a a very well-made Phaedo-type artefact. People running in and out of bedrooms and other occasions of embarrassment if not of sin, all splendidly directed by Jim Grout and played by an admirable cast uh, among whom I think Godfrey Quigley takes the honours with May Tlusky as my personal unofficial nomination for Best uh, Supporting Actress of the Festival. But as to those more serious matters too serious for tragedy, well I'm afraid they never really got involved in the play. They lay on the surface like the cream on a well-made Irish coffee. In the Abbey, a very different state of affairs. For me, uh, the, one of the finest and most important plays I've seen for a very long time, uh, The Morning After Optimism by Tom Murphy. A play about illusion and disillusion, about uh, loneliness and alienation, love and friendship. Perhaps not so much about optimism, which dies, as about hope, which doesn't really. Hugh Hunt directs, with distinction, and there are two superb performances, one by Ethna Dunn, whom we welcome home, and the other by uh, Colin Blakely, very distinguished Irish actress playing, strangely enough, his first... for the first time in Dublin. It
6: is indeed Sean. yes. I've tried to get here a lot of times before, but uh, this is the first time I've managed it, you know?
1: And how have you liked
6: playing in this. In this festival, oh, marvellously. And especially in in Tom Murphy's play, because it's, uh, well, thank God, proved a great success. And uh, I had a lot of confidence in it at the start, uh, which, I'm glad to say, paid off. I think it's an extraordinary play. And uh, he was aiming at levels which uh, one had not obviously seen done on the stage before, and I think it's come off. That's why it was so exciting to do
1: have you felt more and more levels developing as you've been going on in the play?
6: Yes, and uh, uh, one has been able to, in a way, uh, once one has got playing it in, on the stage in front of, of people, uh, the audience has told us what levels work and what ones don't. You know? And I think for that reason, it works on a simple level as a, as a comedy and, and on a deeper level as a tragedy. It has something, in a different way, of course, uh, of OK in that way. That way, I think probably some of O'Casey's O'K- later plays, like Cockadoodle and landy which were fantasies, and uh, I think Tom's in the same area as that in a way.
1: Making political statements, on well, no, in no, the no, larger no, no. sense, I mean, uh, yeah, no, in in the in Where O'Casey
6: was, was yeah. in fact pamphleteering. I don't think Tom is. I mean, it's nothing to do with politics at all. I think. using a lot to do with. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot in it. I mean depends what you you take out of it. What do you mean by politics? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
7: What do you mean by politics? But it certainly says a lot. It says a
1: lot. Uh, Did did you you find it sort of, you know, I don't know what this phrase means, but did you find it good to play as the country? Oh yeah.
6: I mean it's an exciting thing to do and it's a great piece of theatre and I can do my nut, which I like doing. Well you certainly (laughs) do every, every inch of it. Yeah, use body, voice, everything. You can use all the tools and the weapons of the theatre that are going, you know? Oh, no, I think it's, it's, it's... I've enjoyed
1: it very much. Mr Joyce is Leaving Paris by Tom Gallagher. It was to have opened in the Ablana in the first week of the festival, but as we all know, there were legal complications. Uh, but eventually, through the good offices of Bordfeuilte, uh, an arrangement was made agreeable, as they say, to all parties... And Mr. Joyce arrived finally at the Ablana at lunchtime on last Monday. The play was given each afternoon and uh, during the past week and next week we'll be playing in the evenings in the Ablana. If you live in Dublin, go to see it. And if you live in North Donegal or South West Kerry and if you're in the f- least interested in Joyce or what he was at, beg, borrow or steal the fair and get there. Uh, again, I'll quote an author's note um, uh, Mr Gallagher says, the action of the play takes place on the 23rd of December 1939 as Joyce returns to collect some books from the flat he has recently vacated at 30, uh, to 34 Rue uh, de Vigne, Paris. The text of this play contains no direct quotation from any work by or about James Joyce. The facts are taken from the definitive biography by Richard Ellman and the journal of Stanislaus Joyce. So there isn't a word by Joyce or from any book about him. And yet, or perhaps because of that, it is absolutely, incredibly authentic. You, you, it isn't so much that you feel, as you know, that this is the truth about Joyce. Now, this is done through, you know, the alchemy, the magic of the, of the writing, and also through the performances, particularly, uh, superbly, the performance of Robert Bernal. I talked to him the other evening after the show, but first of all, I talked to the director, Robert Gillespie, and asked him how they were feeling.
8: Very happy indeed, actually, because uh, 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 we worked so hard on it originally and put so much into it voluntarily uh, that uh, when it looked like not coming off at all, it was uh, very depressing and, you know, um, in fact, disturbing for a lot of us. And to see it back on again uh, with the help we've had and so on is... um, uh, I think we're all delighted. We've got partly because of our feeling for the play and for the the kind of work we do. Uh.
1: I was reading your programme note there, yes. and it's you seem to have been very excited by the play yourself.
8: Well, it was an astonishing thing, thing to suddenly come across in a pile of. Plays, but not exactly in a waste paper basket, but were neglected, you know. And uh, it, uh, something of this quality. And also the deceptive, because the speeches in it, on, on reading, might suggest that it uh, it's almost unplayable in, in modern terms, because we're so used to short lines and grunting and half words and unfinished this, that and the other, and mood. And this is quite unequivocally... Uh, classical speeches you know which ring out and the and the, the, the theatrical aspect of it is is, is phenomenal and uh, this particular thing of using um, a real alive character as a as a vehicle uh, for a uh, uh, um, almost as a fictional character uh, to express a feeling Joyce is used as a fictional character almost like Richard the third
1: and what a character and I mean th- how difficult it is, as you've said, to portray genius. Well, stage.
8: this is an extraordinary achievement, the author, and he does it in very subtle ways.
9: Isn't that right, Robert? Oh, oh, yes, he does. When I read the play, I was truly astonished that there was still such a writer around. Uh, I did not know then that he was going to be the most demanding taskmaster that I have ever worked with. I was trained at school to t- treat myself as a servant to the author. Never had such a difficult post in all my life. One thing I'd like to say is, thank God the trouble there was about the play had nothing to do with our Dublin. It is not the fault of anyone here. But uh, the joy of the task, when it is over, is, is tremendous. I've not met an author like this, and I've looked and served new plays most of my career.
1: Andrew Robert Bernal, you are an old Joyce man, are you?
9: I'm not, actually. Oh. I came to this play to portray the character as created by uh, Mr. Gallagher. The fact has been borne in and been upon me since that indeed it is a most felicitous rendering of Mr. James Joyce, about whom I am learning for the first time I came to play a role as written by a genius.
1: Another world premiere in the Clare Wills Theatre last Monday Children of the Wolf by John Peacock. Again, Raymond Gallagher reports.
3: In talking to people about this play during the week, the one phrase that has cropped up again and again is Grand Guignol. A cat. Academically, this is a non sound epithet, and as a po- compliment, it is a little left of centre. The stage is never, even at its climax, strewn with bodies, and until the very last scene, there's not a sign of blood. This has been described as very strong meat, and of course it is. But only to people unused to names like Electra, Orestes, and Oedipus might the incest theme be viewed with horror. Put coarsely, the play, to begin with, in any rate, is dramatically and probably medically incredible. Siblings of an attempted abortion. A brother and sister lie in wait in a deserted farmhouse for their mother. For 21 years, they have never met. Act 1 sets this up in a rather clumsy way. Act 2 is much more effective, and the play takes off and brings its audience along with it. It ends in sudden denouement, and one is not asked to believe in it any further. But in the theatre, it works.
1: Also on Monday Night Last, a great occasion in the Gate Theatre, the reopening of the theatre, in fact all very elegant and beautiful, and uh, a great welcome back, of course, to Mihal MacLeamore and Hilton Edwards. Uh, the choice of play would not have been mine. I'm sorry that we didn't either get one from the uh, Gates old classic repertory or perhaps a new play. What we got was something betwixt and between. Uh, a play by Jean Anouy, translation, uh, not but either, also I thought a rather heavy-handed translation um it's later than you think again um not the most um, profound of Henri's plays indeed a souffle i met uh, madame Henri the other evening and asked her could we expect from her husband perhaps again uh something more of a grand plat uh something more like one of the great reworkings of of an ancient theme like um, Antigone. Would he do the same again, perhaps? Not exactly,
4: but he has written a new play about Electre and Orest, Uh, but tragedy and comedy are mixed. I think we will laugh and cry at the same time. Uh,
1: This is not the first time that uh, Anouy has been performed in Dublin. And indeed, we've always had a tradition of doing French plays here, either in translation into English or into Irish, but do we have Irish plays done at all in Paris? No, I don't think so. I would like very much to to bring one back to Paris. I'm going to see one this evening, the Murphy one. In the Ablana Theatre during the week, in the evenings, Dublin Theatre Festival in association with O.Z. Whitehead presented a triple bill. Doesn't Anyone Remember Murphy by John Quinn, Prelude and Fugue by Clifford Bax, and Partly Furnished by Barry L. Hillman. Uh, The first and the third plays uh, were prize-winning plays in the O.Z. Whitehead one-act play competition. I'm very sorry indeed that, uh, due to circumstances beyond, as they say, my control, I missed the first play, the Quinn play. Uh, Prelude and Fugue by Clifford Bax. I'm very sorry they put it on because it is a terribly tired period piece uh, and uh, really, one uh, sympathised with the two talented actresses who were playing it, Miss Derville and Malloy and Miss Lynne Furlong, it didn't really give them much scope. Miss Furlong again battled manfully or rather womanfully in Partly Furnished by Barry L. Hillman, which I found, frankly, a nasty little piece of inept melodrama, though well directed by... Column O'Brien. In the Peacock, the other play in Irish, there were two plays in Irish in this festival. The uh, Peacock gave us um, Pocleam by Liam Machusteen. The Liam Machusteen, Nár was the first one was the drama was the the first the was the first one the uh, at our gest drama. I guess she's the drama na boss value uh, in in, uh, a Derek, a a and value vigsha. in a fall a I guess I a in a one that line at our a rimilke in a Gjöllur temi símul a drama so drama radio er viðan án kæðuir að niðlum roðast ger ger hag án týder sérskert dohín nörd yndse án lágan staðsinsa, Mar er lítið ég það er Jack Roggehan það Auckland fíðna Anne Rúnach þar er það Auckland mannsstig drama það er búist á súsinn elan min físi Ta gjöllur Får jeg mig nuland kan jeg lede for i Griek. Ach neder da Hjulson anden bonvri andramme i veim marts fjor. Vi anestørpet, gama vi er såsteg, gama Ach værlom da jeg nok an tuder rentæskriere andramme, og det er så no blære nok ro dohneammer klarti égen Ach nytte sin, jine der job than a partina, than couldis more than a partina, agus, maradouris, fwynus Céol, as an trinona. Fwynus ni more force force as, uh, show Ella, a, a one-man show, in the Peacock, late night, during the week, uh, and this was indeed, very pleasant entertainment, One is One, with Julian Chagrin, uh, pleasant, uh, unpretentious, but, high craftsmanship, uh, mime. Uh, Well, a one-man review, I suppose, is the best uh, summing up of it. Uh, It was strictly for laughs, hardly any tears, just the occasional bit of discomfort hovering on the edges. But, um, you know, a good show and very pleasant uh, at the end of what was often uh, a heavy evening. Uh, Now, another one-man show, and I think this is the last show that we're getting a specific report on, uh, celibates by George Moore, arranged and presented by Alan McClelland in the Irish Life Theatre. Sean White reports.
10: Alan McClelland's name I recognised out of the past as one of the first presenters of Joyce on stage. In the days before Hugh Leonard became the inimitable stage carpenter of the well-made play, McClelland did a stage version of Bloomsday of considerable merit, which was produced by John Ryan at the gate. Alas for things past... What was wrong with this performance I categorise in three ways. What Mr. McClellan did, how Mr. McClellan did it, and what Mr. McClellan didn't do. What he did was to read two longish, very long they seemed, stories from celibates. Celibates is not by any means the best of George Moore's works. If it were stories he wanted, The Storyteller's Holiday offers much better, or why not a slice of Dublin Castle's social life from drama in Muslin? or something campy and stagey from The Mummer's Wife would have suited Mr McClellan's style. The way he did it was to sit on his chair and read to us. I missed the swooping around the stage of MacLeomore's Oscar, the rush of emphasis, the wicked pauses. Mr McClellan was even and audible and coy, looking as somewhat thinner, but not much thinner, Mr Pickwick, with his frill shirt and his spectacles. What he didn't do was that if he was attempting more at all to choose the malicious roistering and at the same time feline clowning of Hail and Farewell that would have given him a score of characters and a hundred guises as well as making a very entertaining evening. The one he gave us wasn't and our embarrassed handclaps in that empty space was an exercise in devotion rather than appreciation.
1: Now, we haven't touched at all hardly on the visual side of the festival so here to talk a little about stage design is John Ryan.
7: I saw five plays at the festival uh, the first one was *The Devil at Work* by Constantine Fitzgibbon. Uh, it was designed by Mathias, the French designer who was brought over. Um, as you know, of course, it's set in heaven at about the time of the creation. Uh, somehow, it seemed to it failed to exploit the comic possibilities of this. Uh, the idea was good, I think, but something seemed to go wrong in the cooking. Uh, too much of the action was centered downstage on the apron so the opportunity of using the vast abbey emptiness was lost. I think I would have liked to have seen heaven as a huge rococo-ceiling fresco by, say, Rubens, that is, if I was seeing it as a Renaissance man did in a historical setting, or maybe if I was seeing it in modern terms, I'd have seen it as a plenary session of the Supreme Soviet, or a class of an art fesh though perhaps there are those who mightn't think that was heaven.
1: Um, no jokes, please. <laughs> Any jokes around here to be made by me. Uh,
7: did you see the Patrick Pierce Motel? I did, yes. Now, here again, I think uh, that that would have been a great opportunity for satire. Uh, the first half, the first act, is set in a Fox Rock executive mansion. Now, think of what you could do there with your hand-painted Jack B. Yates, your Donegal hand-woven carpets, Waterford cut-glass chandeliers, colour television, sauna baths, heath at swimming pool, uh, chiming doorbells, of course, and a phony electric log fire. But unfortunately, they had none of these. And the second act, The Motel, which was better set, still didn't half touch on the excruciating possibilities (laughs) of such a place. (laughs) Um, Now, what, Murderous Angels? Murderous Angels, now, I would have to be quite blunt about it. It seemed to me to be just thrown together like uh, a hurriedly got-together pantomime set. The set you're talking about, of yeah, course. the yeah. actual set. Or oh, yes, the play yeah. I don't yeah. criticise at all. I, th- yeah. I enjoyed it very much. But I thought the set was just a number of rostrums, multi-levels, and did nothing to suggest uh, the great scope mm. there was there, Africa, an emergent nation, and the you know the tremendous urgency of what was happening. This never came across in the setting at all. Mm. What else uh, did you see? Um, later than you think. I saw it's later than you think, and I think Robert Head, who designed that, did a very good job. Uh, it's not... it's It doesn't dominate the play by any manner of means, but it serves it well. It's in proportion. It fits the gate beautifully. And, by the way, I must say, the new gate um, stage is a dream. It's an enormous improvement on the old one, mm-hmm. and they've, this play has set itself very nicely into it. Now...
1: The Abbey, which uh, was, of course, uh, Tom Murphy's play. Well,
7: now here we have the exception to the rule. The Morning After Optimism. The Morning After Optimism. Here, uh, and Casson really produced a supremely good set, I think one of the best I've ever seen. Yes, I do agree, I do
1: agree, and and I'm glad to hear you say this.
7: And uh, what a difference, because it it just gave... It rounded off that show and made it one really professional... ...job that yeah. I saw in the festival.
1: It seemed to do... The technical jobs it had to do, and at the same time, was beautiful in itself.
7: Exactly. It you know? served functionally, and yet you could look at it and enjoy it. Yes, indeed. Uh,
1: do we realise the importance of sets yet enough here, do I you don't
7: think? think so, and I still hear people copying about them and saying that they're not worth the expense. But, in fact, if you don't... if It's the height of amateurism to think that. Yeah, because uh, to, to ill-set a play is say, that is as bad as doing an old coward comedy with the man dressed up in D Mob suits. Yes, of
1: course, and I couldn't think of any other images for this. I, I do agree. Do you think those standards are improving in this? Uh, in I this? think the
7: Abbey, definitely. Good.
1: Well, now, this, it's, this is at least... Good note to hear. Well, now, we did hear from the festival director, Brendan Smith, at the very beginning of the programme for a moment or two, uh, but now let us uh, get down to some of the... Uh, what I believe is called the nitty-gritty with him. I wonder, how did the festival do on the on the financial side?
0: Well, financially, I, I, I think that we'll work within our budget in spite of uh, unexpected uh, losses. And, uh, to take a case in point, the... Um, the uh, Bought of First week Of the Mr Joyce is Leaving Paris Show uh, Some Disappointing Attendances At the Festival Club
1: um, Although it Was the Best Festival Club I Think yet
0: Well this Has been Acknowledged By uh, Very very Constant Critics Of the Festival Club <laughs> But uh, Nevertheless I don't Know whether Public tastes Have changed Maybe the people Don't want A club This is Something we Will have To consider In the Future Uh, The only reflection about financial results that I would uh, like to express is that uh, I still feel more strongly than ever that um, I think my most uh, grievous mistake in past years has been, uh, if you like, the ability or the good luck of being able to run such a uh, a festival with a big range of events on so little. I do feel that probably we would have more money now if uh, at some point or other we had uh, really developed um, a, a fine, big loss. But um, I feel, and I have good reason for saying this, that uh, not alone are we going to have the cons- continue to support of Board Faultier. I think support is going to come from other directions. Uh, I feel that we are justified in seeking from board Faultier uh, increased support.
1: But will Board Faultier be able to give it to you? Uh, will the money be there? Uh,
0: I have good reason to feel that the money can be made available.
1: You are still happy that uh, the festival should be... Uh, tied, linked, whatever word you like to use, to the tourist industry?
0: Well, it's actually, in fairness to Port they they uh, take the line that it is um, not alone a tourist promotion, but it's a cultural promotion as well.
1: well I should hope so.
0: And uh, there is no... Uh, you don't
1: think there's a conflict there? You don't think that it's a disadvantage, for instance, that you moved the time this year in order to to um, accommodate the Foyle? Uh, no, I, really don't think it makes, I
0: don't think it makes any appreciable difference. It obviously hasn't in attendances because the highest um, overall uh, uh, average of seat occupancies we've had has been 89%. This year we're 86%. We're only 3% lower. Mm-hmm. And I think that that um, drop is represented by a drop in tourist figures.
1: So if, if anybody suffered, you feel it was the tourist end and not the... Uh, the cultural land. Uh, so you are looking forward to next year with uh, assurance that there will be a festival exactly. and that the bud- budget may be a little bigger, at least big enough, you hope, to catch up with the cost. Yeah, of we've also had
0: you know private promises from private sources of additional help, which I think... Uh, I can't say more at the moment, but th- 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 these promises are pretty definite. And are you going to give me a list of next year's plays? Not yet.
1: Now, two brief general comments on the festival by outside observers. First, uh, Irish-born but still a foreign journalist, Dennis O'Brien of the Montreal Star.
11: This is my second. Uh, this is my second festival, Sean, and I, I must say that uh, I'm um, I'm amazed that uh, they are able to put on such a, um, a magnificent variety of uh, performances over the two-week period. I've only seen uh, five shows myself. Uh, because, uh, you know, I think you can only take so much. Uh, But I saw the... um, I was particularly impressed by the uh, uh, Tom Murphy play uh, in The Abbey. I might say here, by the way, I was also very disappointed that The Abbey has not... uh, uh, put on one of the... Uh, something from the classical repertoire. I mean, after all, it is the national... Instead of our
1: as, well, as. Uh,
11: well, they could have had the Murphy, and uh, I I didn't see the Fitzgibbon thing and so on. That I have no comment, but, but they certainly should have uh, given, I would say, almost a priority to one of the classics, because uh, in North America, Dublin has... Uh, a great uh, theatre reputation. I mean, it it is looked to, still, as one of the major theatre centres in the English-speaking world. And uh, I'm afraid they think in terms of Singh and uh, O'Casey and Shaw and Yeats. Uh, um, 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 One of these, I think, you know, uh, uh, especially as it's the Singh centenary, uh, we had a, a, a sing seminar in Toronto, as you may have uh, heard about, uh, three weeks ago, and uh, it, it did surprise me that they didn't put on one of the uh, singing classics. I know there is a sing month coming up, but still, I think for the festival they should have uh, um, they should have put uh, one one of one of the classics on. Anyhow, apart from that, uh, I, the, the, the whole. Uh, uh, festival I think is a, is a magnificent uh, production uh, on the on the very very small budget which they have. I just marvel that they do it but uh, and Brendan Smith uh, says they have eighty six percent capacity that 's just marvelous and I, I doubt if there are many tourists at this time of the year from the from the tourist board point of view i um, I wonder if it, uh, if it has attracted any tourists. But it will in time if they upgrade the calibre. And I think, for example, there is a definite improvement this year. Uh, the uh, the uh, Joyce play at the Ablana is a real gem. And I, I, I disagree with most of the critics. I like the Conal Cruz O'Brien play.
1: Uh, for Eric Brent Bessemer the, of uh, the journal elsevier in Amsterdam, this is the fifth theatre festival. I asked him what keeps him coming back, year after year.
12: Well, uh, in the first place, because we thought in Holland that uh, a purely theatrical uh, festival would be very interesting for us, as we have our festival, but that's more concerned with music and ballet, and a purely uh, theatrical festival is uh, therefore so different to ours. Especially we are interested in the Irish uh, Theatre Festival because you are known to have such a brilliant uh, group of authors, a thing we sadly miss in the Netherlands, and therefore we want to see whether this uh, would provide us with new plays for our programmes and for our theatre. And so far, every year, I have found some plays and some authors very much, uh, you know... Well, well this year, yeah. this year, and this year again, I think uh, Tom Murphy and Hugh Leonard really proved again that you have the most original work huh, produced in uh, during these two weeks, uh, on which I really congratulate you because um, this is a thing we can't with our 12 million people and uh, uh, can't achieve in Holland.
1: How about the? Uh, the Joyce you like that?
12: Uh... The Joyce uh, which I just uh, saw, um, um, I think it's brilliant too. It's a perfect. Uh, uh, gives a perfect insight in Joyce's being and and uh, what he uh, what he was and what he lived through. And I think it's the most original play and very very well acted in the Blana Theatre here. How do you like this festival compared to previous years? I think um, this one definitely is a bit better than the, the last we had, and but uh, I was also very pleased with the festival in which uh, Brian Friel's play was produced, Here I Come, Philadelphia, which I then found quite uh, quite uh, a brilliant uh, example of what uh, an author can do for his country in the dramatic line. I mean, it did what, what, what was what I called a splendid national play with a, with a very deep felt uh, theme about Irish life and about all the emigration problem that you had then more than you have it now I'm led to believe is that right I mean you don't seem to be emigrating so fiercely (laughs) as you were uh, some years back and this of course is a very good sign
1: tell me apart from playwrights and themes how do you feel about standards in general acting and so on
12: uh, I think uh, the, 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 actor, the the acting I always have found very very good, very good. The sets have been original, but could probably be uh, bit, uh, You know, well, we are used to. Uh, if that doesn't sound uh, 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 crit- too critical, but uh, you know, we we are used to spend more money on it. But I understand that it's just lack of money, not not so much lack of artistic insight, etc. You see. But on the whole, they're very well, and especially the set for Tom Murphy's play in the Abbey was uh, your national theatre, you see. Probably they could spend a bit more. It was brilliant.
1: You'll come next
12: year? Definitely.
1: Well, now, to sum up and conclude and finish me song, as the ballad man says, I have mm. here two old festival hands. Ali Noen, playwright. Indeed, uh, we missed a play from him in the festival this year, uh, before we go on, yeah. uh, you haven't fallen out with the festival or anything, have you? No, I
13: haven't fallen out. It just as happens that I haven't uh, been in a position to uh, write a stage play for but this particular festival. You'll come again. Well, yes. Good. Like Sean,
1: White. Sean White uh, who has been away from Dublin for a few years but is a very old festival hand indeed uh, his greying locks uh, his uh, however, uh, Sean I'd, would you run it out I'd like the two of you just to give me general views on what you felt about the festival this year Sean, did uh, you know haven't been away for a while how did it strike you?
10: Well it's five years now since I saw a Dublin theatre festival Sean and uh, this year I must say I was very happy about the festival uh, previous years we seemed to have Heights and depths, but this year I think there was a very high level. There were quite a number of very interesting plays. There used to be a kind of thing about the festival; where everyone was worrying on what was transferring, where, what was going to Broadway, what was going to the West End. Nobody seemed to bother much about. Well, I this think year. the
13: only people who were ever really bothered about that sort of transferring were, were the actors, because I mean, after all, uh, festival is where we celebrate. Uh, you know we go along, we celebrate theater, and we enjoy it if we're, uh, that is if one isn 't involved in it, you know which luckily, because I say luckily because i 've never enjoyed the festival whenever i 've had a play in it, because of course you 're wondering which play is going to transfer, or which uh, are they better than mine, or all these kind of things and, and that's because actors, live in, actors and playwrights live in this private world of the theatre. But to go along and just be able to see plays yeah. is a glorious liberation. Well, you- I
10: think that Alan and myself were probably mm. hurlers on the ditch in this way this year because for a number of years I was a critic at the festival and covering plays you have somewhat the same mm. anxiety as the playwright. You're rushing mm. after the play for the 45 minutes that you must write a notice and mm. then you're worried as to... How your note is going to come out by comparison with the others? I mean, will you agree with Seamus Kelly, Des Rush, Maureen Faro, yeah. or somebody else? Yes.
13: It's a professional interest mm. in, a, in a thing, uh, as opposed to a celebrant, uh, yes. cel- Cele- celebratory, Sorry. <laughs> or
1: something. Yeah. But listen, leaving that aside now. You felt, though, that there was more emphasis on the local scene this time, Sean. What uh, what did you get out of it most? I mean, you were impressed by a couple of plays, there particularly. a certain
10: number of plays I was very much impressed by. Uh, I was particularly impressed, I think, by Tom Murphy's play at the Abbey. Mm-hmm. That was the one that I found was, I thought, a rather marvellous play. I had missed a good deal of Tom Murphy in between. I'd seen his early play, Whistle in the Dark, and while I was away in America, I'd missed two plays. But here was... Um, much more mature playwright uh, uh, using much more comprehensive sort of equipment and also absolutely splendid performance from Colin Blakely, backed up by a wonderful performance from Ethna Dunn and a lovely production by Hugh Hunt.
1: Now, and, I don't think you've seen uh, that play I yet, I haven't Alan. actually seen it. What, what, one, what it... one struck you mostly, so, the ones you've seen? Well, uh, what I, I, I,
13: sorry, may I make another point? Yeah. I, I was very interested in the, one of the English critics... John Barber uh, was ta- uh, saying about this Irish festival full of Irish plays and yet an unknown young writer from England. And I thought that was a particularly chauvinistic notice. Who was the... Un- uh, uh, it's the boy who wrote um, Children of the War. Oh, yes, yes. I'm not thinking about the play, actually, but after all, it is an Irish festival. It is a Dublin theatre festival, so it seemed to me to be esoteric to run off and say, and yet there is this play by an Englishman. <laughs> uh, the, the plays that I have seen... The two plays that I have seen that have been very um, Irish in origin, uh, that have interested me most, were the Conor Cruz O'Brien play and Mr Joyce is leaving Mm -hmm. Paris. Uh, Mr Joyce particularly, I was knocked out by. Um, I didn't see it when it was done as a small play. Uh, What particularly excited me, was the first half of the play, the dialogue, bit, with the duologue with Stanislaus. Mm-hmm. I thought that Pat Laffin, and particularly Robert Bernal, I mean, Robert Bernal, to me, gave one of the most exciting... The way he cocked his uh, his head in a my, myopic way and the way he talked about his eyes, That you know, Joyce's recurrent problem of the eyes, was really magnificent. Apart from that, the writing, you know, which I, as a playwright, uh, I, you know... I was
1: envious. I think you agree about this, uh, Sean White. No, I haven't seen, oh, haven't seen it. Oh, well, it, it, you haven't seen, you know, seen it yet? No. Oh, you know,
13: it is really an exciting experience. Yes. Well, the Now, the both theater. of
1: you, you've seen the Tom Murphy, you've seen the Joyce, both of you agree with me about these. Well, I've also yes. seen yes. the... What about,
13: you've seen what else? Uh, well, I've seen, uh, uh, you know, you go along for a good laugh and you see exactly what Jack Leonard, Hugh Leonard provides you with. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what it is. It's, a, it's a farce. Yeah. Mm. you know it's Brian O'Rix. Yes. Uh, if you want to put it on that sort of thing it's it's gas and it's fun and, uh, and it doesn't uh, pretend to be anything other than it is which is a damn good laugh in the theater.
1: What did you as did you see Sean? Uh,
10: well Murderous Angels is probably the one that was probably most division of opinion about mm-hmm. and uh, I'm afraid I was on the negative side while ah. a great admirer of Conor Cruz O'Brien's intelligence cleverness uh, as demonstrated here, uh, but I found it the intelligence and cleverness of a good argument. I didn't really find it uh, good drama.
13: Well, I was interested as, a again, a professional playwright in some of the things that he did in the play which he shouldn't have done, but worked. But it worked. That was the strange thing for me. But also what I was fascinated by... Um, I wasn't interested that much in the uh, sort of muddy Protestant mysticism of Mr Hammershull... But what he captured for me very much was the black performances, the, act, the black actors. I mean, yeah. the lady who plays the wife, yeah. who, let's face it, only cries and says a few words in African, just knocked every white face off on that stage. And Norman Beaton yeah. gave a marvellous performance as Lumumba. Lumumba was a marvellous performance. Well, it was the performance of that play. It was the I did hear the play
1: referred to as the Lumumba show before well, the, the play. That answered. was one
13: of the problems. You yeah. see, when Lumumba
1: died the play really tails off. Well, I'm not quite sure whether I'd agree entirely with you on that, Alan. But, you know, if if, if I may, I'd like to look now at a rather more general question. Mm. Uh, this uh, this festival, you know, we all agree that we get a good deal out of it, that, we, that there are excellent plays, we, and all of us will get some pleasure. Some of us will get a lot of pleasure. But uh, does the festival add up to more than this? I mean, is it greater than its parts, Sean? Well, for years, I
10: think, with a number of Dublin theatre columns, I kept on saying much to Brendan Smith's discuss that uh, we ha- it's a feast or a famine. I mean, the festival's a feast, and then what happens the rest of the year? But I don't think, and I think things have got worse in the rest of the year than they, did, they were five years ago, but I don't think if we didn't have the festival, how little we'd have at all. But also having experienced uh, legitimate theatre in New York, I realised that in Dublin we're not quite all that badly off either. New York is pretty desperate for legitimate theatre too. I mean, they still have musicals in that. And in fact, it really has come, there's some kind of crisis crisis in the theatre at the moment, the legitimate theatre. It does still exist in London, but I think New York is pretty well cleaned out of good legitimate theatres, mostly London imports, or even Dublin theatre festival imports. And of course, there we we
1: heard a few moments ago our our Dutch friend complaining about the dearth of new plays in Holland. Uh, So maybe, what do you think, Alan, though... uh
13: of the festival itself, well, I've always um, regarded it as um, a piece of excitement, of theatre excitement, uh, and then I never regarded it, because I didn't live here, as having anything to do with the Irish theatre. In re- it was the Dublin Theatre Festival, not quite the same. I now realise that the festival has really an obligation to stimulate plays that should go on for the rest of the year, and I think that this time... There have been certain breakthroughs and certain things happening, particularly in styles of direction and styles of acting, that should help us for the rest of the year, because mm-hmm. things are grim all over the world for the, for the live theatre. And Dublin, uh, you know, has been robbed of theatres. Luckily, the gate is opened and, you know, and McLemore and Edwards are going to do something, you know, for the rest of the year. The, I realise now, which I never realised before, the obligation of the festival is really to stimulate... Mm-hmm.
1: as well as to supply international interest yes and of which, course also very important i think to 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 educate audiences audi- right and w- which will bring me in here with
10: i think that much um, underrated man brendan smith who's kept the thing going for so many years on so little money i mean brendan in fact i think completely even undervalues his own merits in this respect he needs and Great deal of more money. And we have the thing, I'm very glad that the government put money into the Gate Theatre, and I'm very glad mm-hmm. they put money into the Cork Theatre, uh, into the Cork Opera House, and into the Abbey Theatre, but uh, I think governments have the tendency to put it into buildings. Now, here
13: is Well, yes, thing. because after all, that's the way
10: they can do
1: it. Well, as he was there you cautiously know. optimistic himself a while ago that no. there will be more money next time, we, yeah. I sincerely trust that yeah, there yeah, But you
13: need something. There. Brendan is essential to the Dublin Festival. You know, Brendan is always saying, uh, Mr. Festival himself, Hugh Leonard. But actually, we should say Mr. Festival is if Brendan we'll Smith. We will be calling
1: this the Brendan Smith Show shortly. we better end it. You know. <laughs> yes, but uh, I do agree, though. He... I do agree that this... And, and it's, it's a miracle how, how it has survived. Now, as to the future, are there any directions you'd like to see it taking? Sean, would you, have you, or Alan, do you feel that there should be more of an emphasis on any kind of play, that there should be, that there should be... Well, one of the
13: things that did surprise me very much is that, you know, we are sitting below an incredible situation in the North. And in actually, this, in this particular festival, like, like la, last festival had The Assassin, if you remember, oh, you yes, know. Yes, whereas uh, this time, although we are in a political cauldron, where we, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yet, strangely enough, there wasn't a play. Now, there, I think there should be plays
4: relevant to this. the oh, relevant yes. to our situation,
13: and yes. uh, to all our situations, you know, and the, yeah, and, and yeah. the question of a secular state, and but, many other things. But as Alan, well. can
10: you command plays like that? Can you say, you know, write me plays on the uh, on, on the current situation? Well, no. Situation? But uh, the question
13: was, Sean W from Sean M yeah. was, what direction do you want to see it go? Yeah. I think that it has to become political.
1: Well, of course, I think you know. I, as I was saying to, to to Colin Blakely, I think that a play like "The Morning After Optimism" is, in a very deep sense, is a play with political overtones because mm. the whole question of alienation brings yeah. up, and this occurred uh, with the Czechs again. Of course, it was interesting to hear the uh, Czechoslovak uh, uh, director uh, insist that uh, alienation is not. As something that derives from capitalism <laughs> alone that you'll find it in every system and mm. I, it was interesting to hear him say that but uh, I agree that we should perhaps that we need to be more aware perhaps we are down here of course in general perhaps we're being a bit escapist as long as we can about everything and that this is perhaps this reflects itself in the festival to a great extent as it reflects itself well, in all our you, lives.
13: Yeah,
10: one doesn't know the attitude of the uh, selectors of plays <laughs> as well. Could I get in one small practical point here Sean and this is the fact that after the festival what happens does it cease? Could it not be part of the contracts that plays do run for a certain number of weeks, perhaps after a break? They can't all run together. Well,
13: there's a financial problem there, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. say if you, you, you're literally lumbered with a play
10: that nobody's coming to. There is, you there know, are well, these. That's again, that's the well, problem. some way of even selecting, because there are some plays that have got good audiences this week that perhaps might somewhere in the... Well, I've found
13: one thing about that, that you can run a play that will do very well all the week it plays, then you try and run it on and it doesn't because people go out to the festival. The,
1: uh, this is something that the, the mysteries of economics, of theatre economics, of course, are I'll never really understand. But look, there is something I did want to raise before we finish about uh, the spring-autumn question, whether it should be at this time of the year or whether it should be in the autumn. Have you any strong views, Sean? Well, it seemed to be a good idea at the time for tourism and that, that it, it was, um, and tourism essentially
10: supports a great deal of the festival, let's face it, tourist funds. But it doesn't quite seem to work this year that I have observed. But I think this may have to do with the general state of tourism rather than the state of the theatre. So I think it's a
1: non-proven case. Apart from the question of tourism, Alan, do you feel anything about this?
13: Well, uh, having been connected with m- many festivals, you know, I was used to a certain autumn nip yes. in the air as um, opposed to a cold snap before spring. And I think that I preferred the autumn because it saw me through the winter. I needed it, like say somebody who could afford to go to the south of France, you know, and get some sun. That saw me through the winter.
1: Well, frankly, I I agree with this feeling, and I've always thought of autumn as maybe the, we're being very autumn, conservative. Autumn is the springtime for for uh, creative work or yeah. something. Autumn, or perhaps it's just that we're getting rather older. And on <laughs> that somber note, I would say uh, thank you very much, Ali Noen, Sean White. Good evening.